Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode, Epilecture. I haven't used that one in a while, Epilecture. Welcome. Listen. Okay. So, I've been wanting to tell this story for a while. And I said, well, hey, maybe it's time to tell it. You know, I, I usually come in with the the nice little monologue or a little something. You, you know the spiel. And also at this point, you know, although I was telling you guys, you know, this podcast is best experience on, on Spotify. You know, just listen wherever you want because uh, Spotify is moving goalposts at this point. You know, I'm not going to keep jumping through hoops for the old spot, you know. Things will come as they come. So just listen where you want. It doesn't even matter, really. Just as long as you listen, you know. This is why they'll always get blown out of the water by Apple Podcasts. But, you know, whatever. So, back to the store. So, I want us to, you know hop into the time machine and we're going to go back we're going to go back to the year 2012 ladies and gentlemen yes 2012 is the year that i graduated from undergraduate studies at the mighty mighty university of memphis go tigers go right you know, that summer I graduate, you know, I wasn't fortunate enough to have like an internship that would have led to permanent employment, hopefully, or anything like that. Wasn't in no kind of program. So I had to get it out the mud, right? So as soon as we graduate, well, actually before that, we was looking for, for employment. It was coming up with the goose eggs. So then, you know, we graduate, you know, we celebrate. We're back on the hustle trying to secure some sort of employment. Because you know what happens six months after you graduate and you've taken out student loans, it's time to pay up. Right. It is time to start giving Sally Mae your money, your hard earned funds. And if you don't take care of those loans, of course, you know, weird things happen, you know, show up on your credit. There's all kinds of weird things, you know, with the student loans. But this is the podcast for that. So we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. And. Through the advice of a wonderful person, they say, hey, why don't you apply here? I used to work there. It's pretty cool. It's pretty good. You know, it's it's a, a good place for you to kick off a career. This place, I will not be naming, you know, by name. But let's just say it was a facility, a youth facility. We'll say that, a youth facility. 
So we go online, we apply by like September ish, October, no, September ish, like mid to late September. Uh, we, 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 we get a phone call. They say, Hey, uh, we like for you to come observe. Why don't you do that? See, see if you will feel like what you see is conducive of you working here. So you do the observation, you talk to people, you blah, blah, blah. A little bit later, they say, Hey, why don't you come work for us? We'll offer you, we'll offer you a salary and PTO and sick time and stuff like that. All right. Now, up until then, of course, my employment history, you know, did a little bit at Sonic and I was also a part of my uncle's cleaning company when he had a contract with the Redbird Stadium in the summer. So these are this is like the gauge of my work experience at that point. So, of course, we take it. Twenty four. No, it was twenty three thousand nine hundred and twenty dollars a year to take care of other people's children. But these these weren't just your run of the mill children. Oh no, these were children with emotional and behavioral delays. And these delays could come from anything. Lack of parental guidance or your or the parental units had their own issues themselves. These kids also could have been in the custody of the state. You know, there's all kinds of things that these kids had going for them that was going against them. They're just children. They didn't ask to be here, right? No, I'm talking to you with within the, the 2023 version of myself. The 2012 version of me didn't really know what he was getting into. But he knew he needed a job and he knew that, you know, bills don't stop. They keep on coming. So it's time to get to work. Never done this kind of thing before in my life. But hey, let's get into it, right? So, you know, you got to go through training and all this and then on the job training and what my initial position was, I was what they called a, a, a teacher counselor. Wasn't really a teacher and I wasn't really a counselor, but that's just what they called them at that point in time. A TC. Right. So we, we're kicking it off. We're we're we, we're getting acclimated with with the work and the documentation that's involved and in all the, the nooks and crannies. You know, I got moved from one team to another for for because uh, some lady was under investigation somewhere. So they, they made a trade and I, I ended up on a brand new team. The team was nice and it, it filled out with an, enough of us TCs to where we had a whole team. Our supervisor and our and our program manager were top tier. You know, at that point in time, I was like, OK, well, I'm here. Uh, I feel more comfortable in a support role. So I kind of shined at that shine in Excel. 
especially during crisis. That that was my that was my my gig. You know, crisis is basically when you know there's some behavioral issues that that could put both staff and the other kids at risk because one kid is off tax, right? So that was my gig, support and crisis. I love doing that. But there was also times where I had to lead the schedule, make activities and stuff like that. And let me tell you, that is not my bag at all. Right. It's not my bag. So, you know, day in and day out, 10 hours a day during the week. Well, during the weekdays that that we were on the schedule to work and 16 hours on the weekends either a Saturday or a Sunday, whichever one we were scheduled to work. And it was rocking and, and, and rolling, you know, you know, I'm, I'm getting acclimated to everything. You know, my activities weren't, they weren't the best, but I mean, they were serviceable for the, for the population of girls that we had at the time. So that worked. So we're excelling, you know, building a, a a reputation of hey this is a tc to look out for for future opportunities one of those kinds of things right you know people are are are, are giving you privileged information which is which is oftentimes a no-no in certain workplaces but hey we're a little bit different because we spend 40 50 60 maybe 70 hours a week together you know so why not, you know, just let a little information slip, you know, eyes were on, there was cameras everywhere. So, you know, you, you're doing the right things you're making the right decisions and people are starting to trust you. Your kids, eh, they, they may like you, they may not like you, who knows? Cause you're, you're a man and sometimes they don't get along with me. I was working with the female population. So this is why I said that, uh, I, I left that part out, but it's important to know. Right. So. Down the line. There's opportunities to to move up. To to make more money. And in my mind, getting promoted means that I don't have to do the part of the job that I hate the most, which was making and running the schedules. I hated that. So I said, let me put my my name in the hat and let me become a supervisor, right? So I don't remember much of the interviewing process. I don't remember much of, much of that at all. Uh, it was, it's mostly a blur at this point. I can't tell you who I talked to. I mean, you wouldn't know anyway, but I, I couldn't tell you who I talked to. I couldn't tell you what room in the building we were in. I probably have a good idea of where we are, where we were, but it, it doesn't really matter at this point, right? Regardless of all of that, the plan worked, and we get the promotion, right? So now, you know, it was it was kind of tough to tell the kids that I was leaving but i was just going like 22 steps up the hallway to a different courtyard right 
you know, I wasn't working directly with them anymore. I'd be working with, with other children. It was a tough conversation, really. I didn't think it would be that tough. But, you know, whatever. I, I, I made it. You know, it was what it was. But I had a goal. I had a plan. You know, anytime an opportunity popped up and I felt like I was good for it, I was going to take it. And this was step two of whatever it was that I was trying to accomplish at this uh, youth facility, right? So then we get the promotion to supervisor. Now, I'm on a team of other supervisors. Now, there's four courtyards that's what was what we had the girls separate on. It was four courtyards. Two supervisors per team on the courtyards because we had different week shifts that we worked. So my supervisor buddy worked started, she got a head start on me, like a couple of weeks, maybe a month. And then I got to start, right? So now we off to the races. I'm learning a brand new position. I have a partner. There's, there's new responsibilities. Luckily for me, I was gifted a team that was basically operating without a supervisor, but they were missing a lot of the nuances that I understood about being a TC that they didn't have and they didn't learn because they didn't have a supervisor at that point in time. She was she got she got took out. She got took out the game, knee got messed up or something, if if I remember it correctly. You know, I I always say in my mind, I had a Ferrari, I was gifted a Ferrari and basically all I had to do was drive it. Don't wreck the Ferrari was was always my 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 motto, you know. So there was some growing pains, there was a lot there was a, a bunch of ups. A bunch, a couple of downs. There was a couple of times where I, I was like, man, did I make a mistake? Should I have just stayed as a TC, bro? Because I don't know. I don't really know if this is if this is for me. But it was, you know, sometimes when you have those new things, you have new thing, anxiety and, and new thing, doubt, doubts in your mind. But then, you know, you start you start cooking and doing good and, and people are enjoying your work and they're starting to trust you and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it kind of puts a lot of that, puts a lot of that behind you. And by my supervisor partner having a head start on me, I believed in my mind, competition wise, she was ahead of me in the eyes of my program manager. If, and probably for a little while, that was true. I do not know exactly, but I'm just telling you how I felt at that point in time. And I say competition and I use partners in the same in the same sentence. Well, we were supervisor partners, but we were also competing for what potentially could be the next opportunity to move up, which was clearly going to be a program manager position. Only thing that, that was needed was a program manager to leave. All right? So 
we're rocking and we're rolling as a suit. Things are happening to me. Things are happening to her. Things are happening to uh, supervisors around the building. Unfortunately, we suffered a loss of a supervisor. Um, all kinds of things are going on. You know, the, the population of the girls is, is constantly changing. Things, services that we're offering, those are changing. The way that we handle kids is changing. So we have to roll with the punches, right? But the most important part of being the supervisor, especially for, for the team that I was on in, in meeting expectations, is, you know, run the courtyard, do the things that you're supposed to do as a soup, and do them the way that, you know, we were being taught to do. I was really good at that, you know, and, and it helped also that my team gave me a chance they gave me grace uh they gave me room to to make mistakes or they gave me room to learn just like i said i had i was gifted a ferrari i just all i had to do was drive it without crashing and for the most part i did so we we move a little bit down the, down the line I'm one of the, the the nicer supervisors there. And by, by, by nice, I mean, you know, when people are looking at tape or asking other program managers about me and others, pretty, pretty awesome things were, were said about me at times. So now fast forward some more. A program manager position opens. We have a program manager who is abandoning ship and moving on to something else. So now what's going to happen? We're going to put our name in the hat again. Why? Because we enjoyed being a supervisor, but my thing was there's always a portion of the job that I was ready to get rid of. And that was working those 16 hour shifts. If I was a program manager, I feel like, hey, you only got one 16 a month or something like that. Why not? So we try it. Actually, I missed the initial deadline for applying because, you know, I was thinking about it and I was thinking about it, but I thought too long and I let the job position close. So then I talked to the, the the assistant director at that point in time. And I asked her, I was like, hey, what happened to the job um, opening? You know, I was going to apply for it, but I don't see it. And then she was like, well, you're in luck because I asked HR to reopen it. So um, I was able to apply at that point. I guess they didn't have enough uh, people to apply for that. So I opened it. So I, so I did it. So then, you know, you go through the interviewing process. They grill you, they grill you, they grill you. And guess what? Again, the plan worked and we were able to get another promotion. But it wasn't necessarily the one that I, I went for. They they made they they called an audible and they and they changed some stuff around, so I ended up being the manager on duty, 
instead of actual actually being a program manager they felt i needed that experience first before i became a full-fledged program manager and i was okay with that you know because it was a promotion and it was also more money and it was also getting away from the portion of the job of supervisor that I did not like. You know, so we did that. So now we get to the part of the story that's the most important to me. And I say that it's the most important because as soon as the news hit the streets that I had got the promotion, all of a sudden, the support that we had on our supervisor team, when they, when they saw another supervisor go after something and get it, and they didn't, the support immediately changed. Now, if I wanted to be unfair, I would say that it was all of the team. You know, I was getting the 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 upset stomach face from from all of my team. But I wasn't. I, I can't say that I wasn't. Now, there are a couple who I clearly remember were just amazingly supportive immediately. And there was one pro well, there was one that was a soup that I felt was like also my friend at that point in time. I remember being a little frustrated with her because I thought that she was turning her back on me and siding with everyone else who wasn't happy with the decision that was made. I went on later to find out that that was not the case, but I just thought, I think that that is a thing that we never addressed for some reason. Um, at, at least to at least in a way that I could clearly tell you what the hell happened on this here story, right? I, I don't have that explanation for you. Maybe one day we'll talk about it if she still remembers this. But I do, right? I was upset at her the most. And then, of course, we had those who feigned like they were excited that, that I got the promotion but at the same time they had their own ideas who of who should have got what and here I go jumping the line and there is some shenanigans afoot because how dare he you know take that opportunity that I felt that my friend should have had right so one move cost just all of this disarray. All because I had 
I tried all because I tried, you know, I, I did what I wanted to do and I applied for it and I went for it and I did my best and I got it right. It was to the point where even the assistant director at that point in time noticed and she asked me, hey, are you feeling like some of the supervisors that you were on a team on the team with aren't in support of the decision to promote you? And I said, you know what? It does feel a little weird. Yes. So she was like, I will address this after the next meeting. And she did. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you. It came out that me and only one other person from the building applied for the position. But the way that I was being treated at that point in time, you would have thought everybody that was unhappy with the decision had also applied for it and didn't get it. Their names were never in the hat. They never tried. But they were mad at me because I tried and I got it. And they were probably also angry because I never volunteered to 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 lead any of the side projects. Me at that point in time, I knew. I knew the game. I knew that, yeah, leading a side project would get you an extra thank you at a supervisor meeting on Wednesday. But I also knew that upper leadership really wasn't happy with a lot of their performances on a lot of things around the building. But I didn't have that problem. I didn't have the reputation that some of them had that I learned that they had when I became the manager on duty. You get hip to all kinds of stuff primarily because you were paying more attention to what you were doing at that point in time than what else was going on around the building. I had one of the best reputations in the building, not because I was leading side projects, but because people were actually happy with how I was one able to help my team two how I ran my team and three, how I performed on the courtyard. And especially during crisis. So then at that point, of course, I learned that, hey, although my supervisor partner was better than me at some things, she wasn't better than me at the important things. So. Here we are. You know, I'm the one that's promoted. Everybody with the stank face didn't even try. The, the other person that did try, of course, their reputation wasn't the best. So that's why they didn't get a second look. And I also think I heard that the interview wasn't that good either. 
you know, privileged conversations. But the last part where I knew everything had changed, it was one time, it was before I transitioned to be a manager. We all agreed that we were going to go to like, I think it was maybe Fridays or something like that. I just looked and saw a picture on like Instagram of that night. I have it on my Instagram. And what happened was we, after the shift, we all agreed to go. And let me tell you how petty it got is because everybody Somebody got everybody's order, but mine. Why is this important? Because as soon as I got there, they stopped taking orders. So basically what happened was everybody had something to eat. Because somebody thought of them to say, hey, we're going to so-and-so. I want to say it was Fridays. We're going to so-and-so. Let me look to see. I think I can still record and look. But I... Okay, so I don't know at what portion of that part that was cut out. But clearly, I can't do more than one thing at one time. So, but I'm hoping, at least, because I didn't listen. But I'm hoping... That I got to the point to where I told you that we went to a restaurant after work. Everybody had their order taken but me. People knew where I was in the building. They could have came to ask. We had radios. They could have radioed me, told me to call uh, whatever extension they were at. And they could have also collected my order as well. But they did not. I was left out. And I did not realize until I thought about it later, like much later down the line, that, hey, they had it out for me as soon as I got promoted. And I didn't realize it because I was too busy being an optimist. You know, I was thinking, well, hey, maybe they just forgot or whatever. They did not forget. They did that intentionally because you, you can't, you cannot, cannot excuse that there were two, four, six, seven supervisors who were asked ahead of time what you wanted from this restaurant knowing that I was still on the team I had not transitioned yet and nobody thought to ask and with my older mind I'm thinking like wow no it was all good just a shift ago you know we were laughing we were joking we were pretty much a quote-unquote work family at that point in time but I guess the family broke up once they realized that one of them was moving on to something else. 
and they and they had the thoughts of why couldn't it be me? Why wasn't it me? But clearly they did not try to move up at that point in time. So they were, I, at this point, I don't know if they were mad at me or if they were more mad at themselves because they thought they were better than me and they thought that the opportunity that I got should have been theirs, but they did not try for it for whatever reason. And do note that most of these people at that point in time were older than me. So they should have knew better, but they did not. And that is not my problem or my fault. But it was very hurtful. I can admit that. Older me can admit that, wow, this situation hurt. And then we move down the line some more in the future, right? So we're getting a brand new, rougher version of the children that we service in this building. You know, there's a lot of turnover already with this job. So so now we're dealing with not only are we dealing with turnover, but we're also dealing with people who are now becoming burnt out. Leadership's getting burnt out. They are actively looking for other things. You know, I'm the new suit. I mean, I'm the new manager. There's another another new manager in the building. You know, the the elder statements as far as uh, the manager team, they're looking for other opportunities to, to spread their their wings and fly away. So it was just the perfect storm. And then a lot of my old team, of course, they they've they added another supervisor, a couple of new supervisors or whatever it was, you know, and their teams are falling apart. It was just the, the a, a storm of, of, of a whole lot of badness. And I remember this one time my old supervisor partner made a, a a real snarky comment in in my direction like there was a crisis on the courtyard and it was on her staff at that point in time and then she was like well you're the manager on duty what are we supposed to do like first of all this is your courtyard so you should have been already doing things to counteract this crisis but you didn't and you called me and I made a decision that you weren't able to make for some reason, despite you having a head start in the supervisor game that I did not, you know? So that's that comment that I remember, which has really solidified it on top of, like I told you when I got left out, of the order solicitation on top of not really feeling the support I thought I should have felt when I got promoted and who they thought was supposed to have been promoted did not. And it, and it, it, it taught me a valuable lesson. 
at a at a very young age that these work families and these work relationships really ain't what they cracked up to be, right? Yeah, we spend a lot of time together. Yeah, we know each other for what we, you know, allow each other to know. But as soon as something happens, or as soon as we get some distance between us, these relationships will fall apart. Now, there are some people who transition from being, you know, strangers to co-workers to friends that you'll always keep in contact with. And that's fine. I just thought that we were a unit that worked together. We struggled together. We laughed together, shared a lot of emotional moments, you know, shared doubts with each other. Shared wins and losses with each other. We built a real bond. So you would think that seeing someone. Go on to do something else. You know you thought you would have rallied behind that person. But that, that did not happen. There were a bunch of times where I felt like they were sabotaging me. And there were times where you know. It, it, it just led to an advanced piece of burnout for me. And, you know, it was what it was. But I never really just told this story out loud at all. You know, I've told it to individuals at different points in time in my life, but I figured, you know, got a podcast, you know, so why not talk about this? It's probably going to be one of the longer episodes. So I, I really hope that 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 you listen to it and, and, and you were like, wow, that really happened. Something like that happened to me. How did you handle it? I'm, I'm open and, and willing to talk about it. But it was just a really wild time. You know. Things aren't always what you expect them to be. You know, if it was me on the other end and it was one of them, I clearly would have been excited for them. Because that's, because I'm not a hater like that. I'm not a damn wish that was me or type of guy. I would have been happy as hell. So why, why couldn't I get the same thing? You know, I still think about that sometimes. Especially as supportive as I was of other people. You know, you exchange a laugh, exchange a joke when people are, aren't feeling their best. You ask people how they're doing. You say hello to them in the hallway. Not because you have to, but because you want to, you know, you, you're treating people the same way that you want to be treated. But then when it comes down to some some serious business. It's nothing. It was nothing. You know. 
it, it didn't scar. It didn't leave like any psychological scars or, or anything like that. But you just learned a valuable lesson, you know. Didn't really change too much about my personality or anything like that. You know, but I did learn that, you know, work is just work and you keep people at a distance. Mm, it does kind of sound like a scar, huh? Keeping people at a distance. No, nah, no, nah, I was just creating a, a boundary, I think. I'm talking, you hear me talking through uh, it's more of a boundary. You, you know, you're making boundaries. At one point we were cool with, you know, hey, I could bring you in and, you know. We can vibe and we 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 can be cool. We can be real cool with each other. I don't care, you know. I know that you're a person at work, but you know, if I kind of fool with you here, I could probably fool with you out there. But I see now that that definitely is not always exactly true. So watch out for these co-workers. Watch out for your the people who say they support you. Watch your friends even. You know. A lot of them are going to get the diarrhea face when you start to do things. And they wish that it was them. You know a lot of people see you coming up and they're like. Man, we went to the same schools and we went to we did the same things. You used to copy off of my homework. So what makes you what what happened that I'm here and you're in this big house, nice car, spouse, kids, all of this, and here I am. You know, it's a lot of that crap going on. But hey, I've rambled long enough. I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you.